If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more. They've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Hmm. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends. Family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you. Then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you. Let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand mm -hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm -hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good, my wealthy people? Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance crew. Here live, season four of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Been going crazy, still going crazy. Here with my brother Jalen. How you doing, bro? What up, what up, what up, y'all? This your boy Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. I'm feeling good, feeling great. Holding the mic man, like the I'm about to drop some hard or something on y'all. We making it happen, dog. So don't even talk about it. Like, yeah. it's still going to be great. We done bust out the season one mic yeah, for this man. episode. You feel me? Y'all don't even remember this one, but... Uh, I'm doing great, man. We had a great episode before this. About to keep on rolling into the second one, dog. Yes, sir. And again, as always, y'all, you know, we don't bring y'all no half-ass, fluke-ass, fugazi people, bro. Anybody that come on our podcast, these are some people that, like, they tested, proven. We fuck with them. And this couple here is no different, man. We ran into them for the first time. We met them. That was... They put around, up to one of our a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah around a year ago, June, June of 2021. Yeah. Met them at our event at uh, CK Creative Studio, the Renaissance Mixer. Uh, and man, ever since like meeting, it's just been great energy. Mm -hmm. And it's like getting to learn more about them over the years. It's like, damn, bro, this is really a couple. They like they embody a lot of the stuff that we represent and what we talk about. Uh, and we got Mr. Chris and Miss Princess Nugent. Chris is retired military vet, full time options trader. Princess is a full time entrepreneur. She owns her own boutique, online boutique, and they just a black family out here building wealth in DFW. And, like, really pouring in and doing the work, man. So I'm thrilled to have them on this episode. Thank you. Chris and Princess, how are y'all doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing great, Happy man. Y'all, welcome to the show. Absolutely. I appreciate y'all for coming out, spending some time today with us. We appreciate y'all. Um, just to start it off, can y'all introduce, tell people about who y'all are. Like, how'd you get into trading? How'd you get into the e-commerce? Y'all can both Absolutely. take, like, five minutes and just sure. go back and forth like that. Well, I, let, I, I let my, go I let my beautiful first. wife go for now. <laughs> well, you know, ladies first, queens yeah, first. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. Well, um, initially, after college, I was working retail jobs. That's really what I did pretty much all throughout college. So mm -hmm. I worked at like 24-hour fitness and stuff, but mostly retail jobs. And then I was working at a mortgage company. And so then once I got pregnant, I put in my, not necessarily two weeks notice, but I basically told them I wasn't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I basically went on maternity leave. I rolled my whole maternity leave out, and I knew I didn't want to go back. So leading up to the maternity leave, I was stacking my money. And then, of course, I had a little bit of money in my 401k. Nothing too crazy, but I took that. And once it came time for me to come back, I was like, I can't go back. So I basically emailed them and told them I wasn't coming back. 
And I honestly didn't have a plan. Left all this stuff at the <laughs> office and everything. She didn't go I didn't have it. a plan. And I just told them, I emailed the VPs and everybody, and I just told them I wasn't coming back. And then months later is when I started my business. Originally, I was selling shoes, and then after that, it transitioned to just clothes for the most part now. But that's how I got started. Yeah. Dope. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, so pretty much I got started uh, trading options while I was working insurance adjusting. So mm-hmm. um, uh, my aunt actually told me about the opportunity when we was we was hurting. We was down on our last, and I was uh, transitioning out of the Marine Corps. And so I had been looking for different ways to make money and like, real estate and online sales and even e-commerce. Um, but I didn't really find nothing that was, like, really getting me up out the bed, I, you know, in the morning and keeping me up late at night. So um, while I was doing insurance adjusting, um, I had a coworker of mine who was, like, at a desk and on her phone all the time. And, you know, I asked, say, hey, you know, what you doing on your phone? She's like, oh, you know, I'm just making a couple thousand dollars. So it's real casual, just right? Casually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, that's exactly how she set it up. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, we making thousands of dollars, you know, doing insurance adjusting, but it wasn't, like, in one day, per yeah. se. So I just asked her, and she was like, well, you know, I'm on this app called Robinhood, and, you know, I'm trading, and, you know, she was trading, like, this, uh, this stock called Coca-Cola. Obviously, we all drink Coca-Cola, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's what got me started. And I just started researching it. And uh, I was still doing insurance adjusting. Um, and, you know, in between gigs, I was just going to either seminars and, you know, obviously being on webinars and paying for courses. Um, and, you know, I just decided actually back in November, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do this full time. Again, no plan, you know, just in true Princess and Chris fashion. <laughs> uh, we just we just kind of jump off the porch and just figure it out. And uh, she was like, all right, well, cool. You know, whatever you need, I got you. And so... Um, Ever since then, man, it's just been a beautiful journey. So that's where we at with it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So I wanna just go back to the beginning of y'all relationship. When did when did y'all like <laughs> even first meet? Like, cause I know Princess <laughs> says she's been working retail and like it kind of yeah. parlayed into the, the experience of this. Yeah. So when did y'all get together and like, yeah. It was high school. We didn't know each other all the way out high school because we both transferred to the high school that we met it uh met at. Yeah. Um, two thousand seven is when we met. Yeah, it was it was it was the end of two thousand seven, about December. Yeah, here we are. I actually um so I saw her getting out of the car one day. I was walking to um it might have been track practice or football practice, I don't really remember. But I was walking with my boy Ben and uh I saw her from across the parking lot on some she hopping out the car, you know, it's sitting on some nice rims. I'm like, Oh, she probably got some money, right? <laughs> so <laughs> And it wasn't even my car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, he was like, Oh yeah, you know, oh that's just princess. I'm like, just princess. I said, bro, I gotta know her. Who is that? So uh ended up just speaking to her and, you know, just seeing each other in the hallway and uh on some nervous stuff, like I just one day just asked her for a dollar. Just randomly, just passing her, hey princess, let me have a dollar. <laughs> And she was like, um, no, I'm good. I'm like, dang, like, why I say that? Dumb it was awkward. Shit? Yeah. And then I ended up doing it again. And she low-key, like, stopped. She was like, do you really need a dollar? I'm like, no, no I don't really need a dollar. I'm like, and that's it. You know, I ain't, ain't going to be able to talk to her again. Um, so fast forward, you know, we would just see each other or whatever. And uh, I was actually at the crib after school one day playing Madden. And I get this text. And it's in all caps on some I'm going to you up when I see you and you a whole ass nigga, da 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 I dropped the controller like, man, who the, f- I, as I'm typing, she's like, just playing this princess. I was like, what, wait. I was like. That's a next level mind bro. I was, I was throwed off. I was say, I was like, I'm talking We didn't even, we never exchanged numbers. I actually got his number from a mutual friend. So that's how I even had his number to begin with. Yeah. That's crazy. She got me, bro. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much how it started, man. And then from that, it grew into a friendship. And then the friendship just kind of grew into a relationship. Um, but even beyond that, like I left to go to the Marines, she was going to college. So we just naturally parted ways mm-hmm. and just did our own thing. And then, um, I ended up reaching out to her, which is still a little iffy, but he did not want to admit that he reached out to me. Y'all, uh, y'all remember the app kick the little green. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Cause I don't know if he didn't have my number still or what, but he yeah. reached out to me on kick random, yeah. completely random. And that's how we reconnected. Kick yeah, was, was an error. It was. <laughs> Kicking Uvu. Uvu. I was just about to say that. Uh, Yo, the era. It yeah, was. So then, yeah, we reconnected, man, and, and it just it's been kind of just that journey since, man. We've just been together ever since. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. So, so, like, fast forward into the journey, right? You're pregnant. 
and you're saying, you know, I don't want to go back. Was that after you had uh, the baby or was that throughout the, you know, process? You're like, I'll just, I'm not feeling this job part. Like we're brought on that, that conclusion or that revelation. To be honest, like leaving right before my maternity leave, like I was kind of forced because we had, I had an emergency C-section. So it wasn't even like I knew on that date. It was just random. So before that, it was just like my manager at the time, it was always something. And I'm, like, outperforming people. And it was always something. And so I was getting closer to the time for us to have our daughter. She was supposed to be born in May. She ended up being born in April. And I just wanted to take a road trip. Because at this point, I'm big, pregnant. I just want to do something. We just wanted to go to Houston. So I literally, I just hit up my manager. Hey, can I have that? Just want some days off or whatever. Go to Houston. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Do y'all know this man told me no? <laughs> so it that was shit just, the most ass thing about a job. Man, it was just little, like, I already, like, wasn't fulfilled <laughs> because I've always been, like, heavy into, like, fashion and just, like, more creative stuff. So it wasn't what I wanted to do no way, but just little stuff like that. Like, I got wrote up, and it was just a whole thing. But I was, I honestly had no motivation to come back no way. And then once we had her, I think I knew I didn't want to go back just from the jump. But... Once we had her, and it's like, we don't want to put her in daycare. We don't want to leave her with nobody. Like, we homeschool now, and she's always been homeschooled. She's always been at home with us. We only leave her with the grandparents. So it was like, I can't. Like, it just got down to it, and it's like, you look at her every day, and it's like, I don't, I can't leave you. Like, (laughs) and so, yeah, I don't have anything else to say in regards to that just because, like, once we had her, it was life changing. Like you, knew, you knew that I, just, I needed to be with my child. Yeah, and I'm like, I got to do something. And so, like I said, I didn't know what that was gonna be. I had money stacked up, little some stacked up, couple thousand or whatever. And I said, I can't go back, and I'll just figure it out. Yeah, so, I, I love that because again, this shows the power of partnerships. This is one of the biggest things. Like I love interviewing couples because I think a lot of times we think when building wealth, we got to do shit alone mm-hmm. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. With your story, when Princess, y'all had the baby, Princess, she's going to figure out her own thing. While you're doing that, you still working, right? Yeah, so I was actually going to school. So mm-hmm. when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went to college for one year. Um, and the only reason I went was to network, and I knew that they was going to pay me off of the uh, GI Bill or the 9-11 post-GI Bill. So I was actually still in school, and a few months after she decided to not go back to work, I had pretty much already been dabbling in the real estate, and I just told myself, I'm not going to go back to school. So it, it really was like one of those moments where I knew she had a little bit of bread stacked up and I had some income coming in, but I was willing to like, hey, I'm going to figure it out just like she was figuring out. So we both low key was like, we'll just figure it out together with the little bit of bread that we had, like no real savings. You know, she had credit. I had already screwed my credit up. You know how that go. So it was like just one of those things, man. We put the cart before the horse. When, whenever you got out of the military, did you do the thing everybody do? Did you, you go, did you go to basic and get the Camaro? <laughs> did you have a Camaro <laughs> charger or a Mustang? So January, so I got out of the military June of 2014. January 2014, I bought a 2011 Dodge Challenger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about the military. I, I, I knew it was gonna be one. Nah, I didn't so, say the Challenger, but I do. <laughs> no, short story behind it. I was it was my it was my first year in the Marine Corps, and I saw a dude hop out of a 2009. Dodge Challenge. It was the first year they made the Dodge Challenger. I'm in 29 Palms, California. Any of my Marines out there, y'all know what that is. 29 stumps. He hopped out. Camis was like the so we have a we have a green cami that we call Woodlands. And we got a brown cami that we call Deserts. Mm-hmm. So his desert camis was dang near all the way white. So I was like, yo, he's salty. He done got back from a few wars. Like, you know, I didn't I didn't know him, but I saw him hop out of this car. So as a young Marine, I'm like, first of all, I want to be as salty as this dude. I don't know how many wars he done been to, but I'm trying to get like that. But I also want to drive this car because I know he ain't got no problem picking up no females. I wasn't dating my <laughs> wife at the time, okay? So I had kept it in my mind that at some point when my bread get right, I'm going to buy me that car. And that's exactly what I did. It just so happened to be 
that that's what everybody else was buying. Camaros, Chargers, Challenges, Mustangs, you know what I'm saying? So I don't crazy. know what it is, bro. It's like, it's funny. My little cousin, when you went to the military, when I first noticed it, it's like, that's one of the things that, one of the things that a lot of guys do. Did that, is that how you messed up your credit? Was nah, it behind nah, the car? No, okay. no. Nah, nah. So I just didn't know about credit. So mm -hmm. I got me a little credit card uh, when I was living in uh, Switzerland and uh, just didn't manage it right. It was like $500. So I, it wasn't. Toe up, toe up. Yeah. I just, it was a fixable yeah. situation type yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, I just didn't know. The, I, I didn't know nothing about credit at that time. That's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but it, I don't know what it is. Like, with the military, I, maybe it's a, a certain allure to it, but it seems like the sports car is like the, the play. Like, yeah, fella sure. cousin with is like, man, all the niggas I went on deployment with, they ain't got shit to show for it. They came back and bought a Camaro with a yeah. $600 a month note. Man. <laughs> That's exactly what it be, too. Like, cats will come home and they'll... They'll they'll overpay for the base trim package, so you're not even getting the SRT, the SS. That's crazy. The GT, you know, the, I don't know what the Mustang yeah, I'm, is. I'm getting, yeah, GT, but yeah, right? yeah, yeah, GT. You know, but they paying, you know, top base trim package prices for them little trim, you know, base trim uh, cars. And what happens is any military installation that you go to, you're gonna see a gang of car dealerships right outside the base door. Are you worldly and curious like us? Travel with Inside Vacations on your next trip. See the famous sites and also get insights so you return home enriched and inspired. Make your next vacation insightful by joining us on a premium guided tour. Visit InsideVacations.com slash insightful to learn more and find the trip that's perfect for you. And my cousin actually put me on. So he's like, bro, why every time I go to a military base, it's number car dealerships. Outside the gate, and it's just a gang of them. I was like, I never noticed that. Ended up getting to, the, I got deployed, not military de deployment, but IA deployed to North Carolina, and I was near um, the, a base. A base, I forget what it is. Somewhere, in the, it's like a ranger base that they have. And sure enough, it's a gang of car dealerships all up and down the road. So that's really how they be getting them. So, yeah. are they not teaching like? At least a little bit of financial literacy, like in there. On, they're bro. not. They're not. They're not even saying you Come know, on, like bro. go with Navy Fed, you'll get great interest rates. Come on, bro. Nah. So like the only training that I got on financial literacy was when I was finna get out, and it was like a one week sort of like separation course, and you just get like this hip pocket class after hip pocket class of just like budgeting and. Which which gonna you know which they try to make you drink through a fire hose at the end instead of yeah man. educating you throughout yeah and then they push you on out and say you know good luck. And that's how it is. That's crazy. Not not for everybody. That was my experience because yeah. everybody's experience is a little bit different. So, that's yeah. crazy though, bro. Especially like whenever you, whenever you think about what you really do for the country through the military. I hate the way that whenever you see veterans come home, how they just not not situated correctly. Yeah. Whether it's like going back into the workforce mm -hmm. or like you're saying, you know, this financial literacy teaching you. Because whenever you're out there, they paying for your. Mm -hmm. Your uh, home and they paying for everything. So it's like one of my friends was like, yo, it's really like you're still in high school. Like, yeah. it, especially if you go right after you graduate, because it's the same thing. You got someone who's telling you when to wake up, what mm -hmm. you eating, what doing everything like that. There's um, like, it's just like your parents is there. That's exactly what it is. So that's crazy to, to a think degree. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends on the branch and all that. I don't want to speak for everybody, but yeah, that's how I felt. That's a good way to put it. I never thought of it like that, like a continuation of high school. Mm. Yeah. So I kind of want to pivot into to Princess's story some more. So Princess, you have your baby. What's your daughter's name? By the way? Madison. Madison. Shout out to Madison. Uh, <laughs> so you have Madison. You decide, okay, this this beautiful baby girl, I cannot leave her. I got to figure it out on my own. What was the first thing that you did to like figure out that okay, I'm gonna pursue fashion and like build out this store? What was what was that like? I was brainstorming and originally, like Chris told y'all, like we're retired, like sneakerheads. So I've always loved shoes. So originally, I sold shoes. My brand was not just Nugent, it was Nugent Soul because I sold a lot of women's heels. But I just started Googling, mm -hmm. to be honest. And I told Chris, like, my original business model that I wanted, I wanted the drop. At the time, I, it was somebody on Instagram, I believe, Dropship Lifestyle. Oh, dropshipping was hot for, yeah. for me, man. That's, that was and, my first entrepreneurial <laughs> venture was dropshipping. Yeah, that's and dope. that's what I originally wanted. But for the type of clothes that I sell, I couldn't find a dropshipper for those mm -hmm. type of clothes. So I ended up getting physical um, products, which was the shoes at the time. But that's what I originally wanted to do. So it just started out with me just selling shoes, just women's heels. And that's all I sold in the beginning. But just researching. That's the first thing I did. Yes, yeah, and <laughs> 
late night. She actually has a passion for fashion. Like, she mm-hmm. has an eye for it as well. So I think that's where the segue came in. Yeah, because, like, a lot of people don't know, like, one of the retail jobs that I had was Marshalls. So, like, I would get excited putting out clothes and stuff. Like, you shop, dressing I, up I the was, models and everything. Yeah, that's what doing. excited me. Although they didn't have me doing that all the time. That's the stuff I liked because before I went to Norfolk University for just business management. That's what mm-hmm. bachelor's is in, with a concentration of entrepreneurship. I was always in love with fashion, and I almost went to the Art Institute of Dallas for fashion design, but for whatever reason, I felt like taking just the overall business route was going to help me out more. Mm-hmm. But ever since probably elementary or middle school, like, fashion has always been something that I've loved. Like, me and my friends, like, me and my homegirl, we thought we were going to have a brand called All Eyes on Me. We had a little logo. Like, it's always just been the thing, like, Heavy coordination shoelaces and the outfit, the jacket, the accessories. It was just always OD, but that was the time frame, you know, that we were in. But I've always loved clothes, like mm-hmm. collecting purses and shoes to match everything. It's always been what I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It just started with shoes and then segways. I love it. So you took one of your passions and then parlayed it into one of your, your actual businesses. I'm glad you mentioned that because something we just spoke about with Tim. You have to have a, a purpose behind those mm-hmm. things that you do. Um, so whenever you, I, I think fashion, I'm not a fashion nigga. That's not my thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with everybody. Right. Uh, I think fashion, I always think like expensive, like you can't make no money in this. How do you take your passion for fashion and turn it into a profit? Well, because a lot of women <laughs> spending all their money on clothes and they making no money from that yeah, shit. Um, well, for me, like originally, I will say when I first started, I would pick out stuff that I liked. And obviously everybody don't like what I like. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. I would pick the stuff that I like. But then like certain things that I would get, I'm like, it's not really selling <laughs> like I thought it would. So then I had to like really hone in on who my target audience is. Mm. And to be honest, some of the stuff I sell is stuff that I wear like on an everyday basis, just everyday wear. But once I saw what my target audience wanted, it's like, I'm going to get that. <laughs> I'm going to get that. Um, and most of it is, you know, just everyday stylish apparel, some more dressy, some stuff, you know, you could throw on with tennis shoes if you wanted to. But, I mean, if you want to sell the type of clothes that you wear, I would say go with that, too. Because, to be honest, it makes it a lot easier for you to be the face of the brand if you choose to. Because mm-hmm. you can easily throw on those clothes, take pictures, you know, upload it, and go from there. But it, it's really, I guess it depends on the person, what they're into, because it might not be a market for, you know, what you like. <laughs> so, I got a question. Like, how did you hone in on your target audience? How did you figure out, you know, this is what... This is what they want mm-hmm. what what was that data or that research that went into that i'm gonna say shopify analytics that back office of that shopify will tell you what's selling the, the best what's selling the worst they break it down into like letters a products b all the way really? down to i believe d so the d products are the stuff that's collecting dust <laughs> the a <laughs> products are the stuff that you get and might sell out same day or within a couple of days the stuff that you can't keep in stock those mm-hmm. are the a products and then not only that, um, during the time where I really saw the major growth spurt in my business, I was running Facebook ads. So a lot of times when women would come in under my ads, I'm, like, going on their Facebook page. <laughs> I'm trying to see, like, who are who these it is, yeah. Exactly. And even sometimes where customers will order, I'm looking up their names on Facebook because most of the time they're ordering under their real names. So I'm looking them up. And I'm like, okay, most of them are between this age. They like Mm -hmm. these type of clothes. They, you know, go to church or they like to watch this. I'm looking at everything, and they all have similar characteristics, even down to their Instagram bios. I told Chris. That's crazy. I noticed that a lot of them are very religious, like most of them, not all of them, but a good majority of them are married, kids. Some of them are even like grandmas. Like it's like little stuff that you – probably wouldn't even think of if you're just looking at a name you know Mm -hmm. when the order come through but i was like really honing in on who they were and then paying attention to what they like and then you really capitalize off of it it's like get what they like find out what your best sellers are and keep getting that stuff of course but it's like if you get it in one color start getting in three colors Mm. four colors five up to ten if it comes in ten colors get all ten colors like you have to just capitalize off what they like hey that's gems right there Mm -hmm. like with that what you just said? Because I didn't even think about the part of going in and actually researching the customers mm-hmm. that deeply. Because, mm-hmm. like, people always talk about their target audience, trying to figure out who it is, and they just think always it's people like me. Like mm-hmm. you said, I bought these things because I like these things, but 
not necessarily your target audience ain't always what you want. It's it's not. It, it, it's one more thing. It's one more thing that you told me that you were doing that took your business to the next level, and that was the model thing where you had oh, people yeah. who they can see themselves in that model. Mm-hmm. Can you explain how you were, you know, showing off your clothes and things mm-hmm. like that? So originally it was just me as the face of the brand and I'm like between the size, small and large, depending on what the clothes are. But my plus size target audience, it grew. My plus size audience grew and it got to the point to where more and more women were asking me to get stuff in plus size because originally it was just small through large, but I got so many women that are plus size asking me to get clothes. Mm -hmm. So over time, I then asked my homegirl to be a model as well. She's my plus size model. And then um, doing videos, like, in my stories and stuff like that, just really showing the women what the clothes look like on a body and not just, you know, in a picture that can be edited and stuff like that. When they see it, even if it's on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, or whatever, when they see the clothes and those videos, it makes them feel like it's more relatable because you're showing them how it's going to fit on them. I'm pulling the stretch. If you know me, you know I like pockets. So I'm like, we got pockets. Like, I'm doing all this extra stuff in the videos to show them, like, what it is. I don't want people to feel like, Oh, she edited those pictures. Of course, it look good. You know, I want you to see, like, no, nah, like, this is a video. This, if it's not live, I'm still on a video. I can't edit this video. And if I could, I don't know how. <laughs> so um, just showing them exactly what they're getting helps. And they don't feel like they can't trust the brand. They see it because I'm always in them stories showing something. If it's a new arrival or if my homegirl sends me videos, I'm uploading all of that. I feel like it makes it more real to them, and then they can trust the brand more. Mm. Okay, so we'll come back to you a little bit later. (laughs) Now I want to get into your story a little bit more too, Chris. So, you know, on this deployment, this lady tell you, hey, I'm making thousands. First off, how the hell was she managing her time (laughs) doing it? Because I'm an IA. I understand they don't want you on your phone already. So, like, how was she she doing this, and then how did you replicate that? Yeah, so I was working in Atlanta at the time, and I was actually doing what they call desk adjusting on the property side. So um, that's 12 hours a day, usually seven days a week, Um, you know, no holidays, no weekends. So um, in this environment, we had pretty much kind of established like a core um, group, right? So they have a set amount of people that they'll call in whenever an initial deployment will pop off, and then everyone else will start coming in as they know, you know, the claim count and whatnot. So... She was a part of that core group, right? And um, uh, eventually, I worked my way into that core group. Uh, so we had a little bit more rela- leeway, right? And uh, she she busted out claims like no, like nobody's business, right? So you couldn't really tell her nothing. She was good she at her job. Her job good. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's all they care. That's about all they care about. Activity, yeah, <laughs> you know, she didn't cause a lot of hoopla. We weren't hanging around desks because you know it's, it's strict. It is a strict environment. But we had we was we was we was producing. So. Um, she was just on her phone, and the way that she would leave her phone is she can see her computer screens, but she could also watch her phone. So it's nothing to just reach up and scroll or swipe or click a button on your phone while you're working. So she's, boom, doing her IA work, and she's managing these trades. And she wasn't like, you know, this crazy, crazy trader. She just knew enough mm-hmm. to be able to, to put in the options call or put in the options put and understand, you know, stock goes up and make money on the call, stock goes down and make money on the put. So she's like... Just managing it. So I'm pulling her when we have breaks. I'm pulling her when we go to lunch. I'm like, yo, like, what did you read? You know, tell me what you know. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm inquisitive. So she starts telling me, all right, read this book. You know, watch this YouTube. This is what I do here. This, and I'm asking questions on the daily. Princess would be kind of like, yo, you off work yet? Like, nah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, gonna get, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the employee. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm getting the knowledge that I, that, I, that I needed. So once I figured it out, I was doing the exact same thing. I leave my phone up at my desk, right? I get on Robin Hood. And uh, the first trade I made was on it was on Coca Cola too because she was like yo I made so much money so I'm thinking I'm gonna make money on Coca Cola too she making money on Coca I'm gonna do <laughs> right. the same thing yeah. yeah so I go into it I'm thinking I know boom click a button lost like 180 bucks I was like yo <laughs> <laughs> hey come over here real quick <laughs> I don't know how to do this thing right? I need your help and uh, and that's 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 how it started and uh, I'm gonna be honest with you man I made some really good money while at work. Um, and I, I didn't know it at the time, but what I've recently kind of figured out was that it was the psychology of knowing that I didn't care if I lost that money. Because you knew your FIA money was coming. Right. So it was easy for me to execute trades. I didn't understand risk management. I didn't understand all of the other stuff. I just knew that if I put some money out there, 
I could either lose some money mm-hmm. or I can make some money. And that's all I needed to know to get me started. Um, and that's really just how it started. So every deployment, whether I was in the field or I was doing office work, I was figuring out ways to try and make money. So like one year I was working with, um, I ain't gonna drop no names, but I was working with an insurance company and uh, it was it, it was it was hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. So it kind of forced me to pursue trading a little bit more because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm making such good money with this ice stuff and it started to become easy. But that environment that I had worked in was a little bit different. This wasn't the same environment that I had got started in. So I was like, yo, this can't be life right here. Like it can't be life. Um, so it forced me to start like just, all right, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to look at these charts a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start, you know, paying attention to like the Greeks and the Delta, you know, all, all the other stuff that make options go up and down. And I stung Tesla for a, a, a cool, a cool little grip. And I was like, hit me with the percentage, Chris. You ain't got to tell me the specific. <laughs> hit me with the percentage. So the percentage, which was the most I had did at that time was 400%. Sheesh. It was 400%. <laughs> at that time, that was the most I had made it in, in that one, at that one time. Um, and I, I, Princess saw it. I, she, I was showing her as it was growing. She was like, is that a real account? Yeah. Yeah, that's a real account. I said, we finna go to Miami. And that's exactly what we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we smooth went to Miami after that. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. So, um, but yeah, being in that environment forced me to focus on trading more and more. And, uh, and she'll tell you, man, I used to stay up. So like my work days went from being, you know, as an IA, I, once I got done, I walked out on that deployment. Not gonna lie to y'all. It was not for the reasons for trading. It was something else that had that transpired, but it was a sign for me to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with this. I got a, my family missing me. We, we was running an Airbnb at the time. Like things was hectic, but we was making money. And I was like, I don't like where we're at. And we making all this money. I say, my peace ain't here. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So um, once I left that, yeah, once I once I walked out of that job, I restructured the way that I like lived my life mm-hmm. while still being, you know, a family man. And uh, so like my day would start around like 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And I would work all through the night and go sleep around like 7 or 8 in the morning sometimes because I was just still doing trading, but I was actually pursuing other things because in my mind, trading was like lucky. It was like gambling. I hadn't quite mm-hmm. got a grasp on it just yet. So I'm still pursuing these other ventures, email marketing, campaign website, or campaign, uh, campaign marketing, um, email, uh, what, I, what I was about to say. I can't even talk right now. Email marketing, website building. I was actually doing click funnels for mm-hmm. like two years, just building out funnels, just learning that whole thing, but still pursuing trading. Um, and then I just it just clicked. I was like, yo, like, all of that other stuff, it's not me. Like, I don't, I'm not really a people person. I can be, obviously y'all know, like we have multiple conversations, um, but like trying to sell people on something, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I just, it just doesn't resonate with me. It don't get me out of bed. Trying to figure out ways to, you know, build websites that's going to, you know, do basically do what Princess does, it's not going to get me out of bed. It's not going to keep me up at night. And I watch how she doing and she just loves it. I'm like, I ain't there. <laughs> I'm just not there with it. And I started to see like trading was cool because I can sit in front of these charts and I can geek out. I'm a data guy by trade. And um, slowly but surely, I, you know, paid, paid a good grip on this course, paid a good grip on that course, you know, met with this mentor. I done met some 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 big wigs being at their their trainings. And I kept it low key because I wanted to make sure that this is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I it was what, 2021 of last year. Stung Tesla again. And I was like, yo, I think this is it. And so it was February last year where I knew I was like, I'm going to be doing trading for the rest of my life. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. 
and don't even get me started on the music. Pam offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. That's what happened. That's fire, man. Yeah. That's fire. That yeah. is fire. I, I don't know what you want to go into, but Chris, you touched on something at the beginning that I think is very pivotal. Mm-hmm. You talked about the psychology of money when yeah. it comes to trading. Uh, whenever you were working an IA job, you had that security, right? Mm-hmm. So now that you've pivoted into full-time trading, can you talk more of like the importance of having <laughs> that psychology part down? Because yeah. I know, man, you be getting attached to these motherfucking trades. I done got yeah. attached to some <laughs> trades. Uh, I done watched it go down from, like, you know, the market crash right now. I watched the sign go from 150 to $30 before I sold my shit. And I was like, wow, why was I so emotionally invested <laughs> in this? Yeah, I, I should have sold a long time ago, nigga. I'll be real. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm no expert, and I don't ever want to pass it off. I still pay attention to all of the the guys that you know are in the in the uh, the social media worlds that are preaching it. Uh, even the women as well, they're killing it too. So I'm still a student, like 100. percent But the psychology part was the biggest hurdle for me, um, which I think it really just boils down to how you raised and what your relationship is with money. Um, from that standpoint, so my relationship with money was I've always been broke. Always, when I was growing up, I was always broke. Moms didn't know a lot about money because it was just me, my mom, and my sister. Uh, so she didn't really have the opportunity to teach us about money because she was always working. Um, I was homeless at one point with my moms, um, like, for a minute when we was in Houston. <clears throat> and so all of these things I'm carrying with me, and so I never felt like I deserved money. So even being an IA, I was like, yo, I'm lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be in this position. I'm lucky to make this money on it. So it was always luck. Like, it didn't seem like something that, I deserved. I never told myself I deserved anything because I felt like life was happening to me, right? Mm. Um, so beyond that, like, I was like, all right, well, what I've been doing thus far is not getting me anywhere. Yeah, I make some money here and there, but it's not consistent. I can't really tell you how I did it. Um, so I was like, well, let me just pick up a book because I've always liked reading, but I, I had stopped reading for a little bit. Um, and that's when my mentors came in when I was paying for these courses. And they was like, all right, read Trading in the Zone. Cool, say less. Read Reminiscence of a Stock Investor. Cool. Say less. Read Money, uh, what's that? Money, Money Master. Money Master the game. the game. That's one of my favorites. Bro, it took me six months to read that book. I'm audio reading it. Look. I'm on my second time through. Yeah, and that's why I was going to say, I have to go back and read it two and three more times because mm-hmm. there's so much information in it. Yeah, you're right. It is. And it's, it's literally like the blueprint to exactly what we're wanting to do is built as well. Like Tony Robbins, he laid it out. Yeah, that nigga, that nigga did that. He laid it out. So once I started to read these books, and Princess will tell you, like, I don't write anything down. Like, I keep a lot of stuff in my head. You start asking me some stuff, and I can start pulling out my head. She is the writer. She she got her journals, you know, every year. She, she can go back. She can tell you exactly what she was thinking. I never did that. And in trading, you got to be able to, to have that habit because you got to know why did you do something? Why didn't you do something? What made you wait until a stock went from 150 to 30, right? So you got to- I was tripping, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I was in this bitch in denial. <laughs> I it's said, the market's going back. <laughs> nigga, we're going yeah. into a recession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's how it is. So I had to I had to figure out that trading was, it had nothing to do with trading. It had everything to do with your relationship with yourself. Beyond mm. money, beyond relationships with your, your significant other, none of that. It's your relationship with yourself. Like, how do you talk to yourself, right? How do you respond when you under pressure, right? How do you respond when you're in fear? And you would think, like, I'm a Marine. I should have all this down. And I did. I reckon, I was I was actually fortunate enough to recognize that I didn't have a lot of stuff in check, whereas a lot of people have to, like, get out of the denial phase. Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, I'm not toxic. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And, that's, and I get it. Everybody different. But I had already knew all of my faults, for the most part, anything that I could recognize. And, of course... She's telling me, you know, things throughout my journey, not intentionally for the reason for trading, but it's because I'm, I'm asking her, hey, how do you, you know, how do you respond when I do like this? How do you, you know, how do you respond when I say certain things? So I'm actually going through a process for about a month straight of me figuring out who I am, how I respond to things. Why, why do I wait to, to sell a stock? Because I've been in that position. Why do I hold on to an option until, you know, it's 90% into the negative? Yeah. Because you thinking it's going to go the other way. And it's like, 
why did I do? Even after the fact, you sitting there like, why did I? Well, that was the stupidest shit. Like, what the? Why didn't I cover myself on the opposite side? Yeah, <laughs> like you would think. Like, and after the hindsight, twenty twenty. So right. that's what journaling came in, and then I started to see. Okay, what was the decision? What did I see? First off, what was the decision that I made once I saw something? Right. Then, how did I react when it either went in my favor or didn't go in my favor? And so as you keep a log of this, you start to see that same pattern. So that same pattern that Princess is talking about with her target audience, I did the same thing, but just with my pattern, like habitual ha- or habit- habits, we'll just say, mm-hmm. right? And once I saw that, that's when trading actually started to make a lot more sense. Then the technical started to play into my favor. Then I started to pick out stocks that, you know, maybe weren't meme stocks or, you know, they were all over the news, but they had good volume, right? Or, you know, they were primed for a, a good move because, you know, they're squeezing and it's a lot of indecision. So, you know, it's just things that I'm learning. It all started to connect. And shit, I mean, she got more stories that she can say from my reactions because I would come down and say, like, yo, I figured this out. And I get to rambling. She'd be like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> like, that, right. like that, uh, that, that meme, Azir the douche. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So, but yeah, that, that, and. That, that's when I knew, like, the psychology was actually 99% of trading, and then the other 1% was everything that's technical, bro, at least in my world. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. And I'm glad you were talking about, you know, how she can tell you the stories because now I want to bring both of y'all into the play. How were y'all supporting each other through these various ventures, right? While you seeing her staying up late, yeah. researching, the target audience and things like that, or you might be seeing him take a loss or having a win on this particular stock, or you might be seeing him going through what he going through on the IA uh, deployment and stuff. How did y'all still, you know, support each other and have each other's back? We've been playing ping pong <laughs> for all these years. Like, yeah. cause a lot of people like they'll think, Oh, Chris holding all the way. Prince is holding all the way. It's like, nah, we support each other. We don't get caught up in percentages. You know, who 50 50, who pay the bills, this, that, and the third. We don't get caught up. Thank you for saying that. We do not get caught up. That's a conversation on Twitter. (laughs) Exactly. We don't get caught up in it. It's like, if you need me, I got you, and vice versa. Like, that's just what it is. Because there's been times where, you know, when I first got started, it's like, I'm, you know, using my credit and, you know, different things to fund my business exactly and he might have had money to give me that i didn't have at the time because i'm still you know startup phase or whatever and vice versa if he need me i got him and i'm not questioning you like if you need it like who am i to be like no i'm not helping you like i'm gonna help you (laughs) and it's we basically invest in each other we've invested in each other the whole time When I was, you know getting started with my stuff he helped me and if he didn't have it and he needed it if i had it yeah. Here. And that's a partnership. It is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been a blessing, bro. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Like, marrying Princess is definitely marrying up for me uh, because she was always disciplined with money. And I feel like a lot of women are, but there are women out there I'm sure that, that aren't. I ain't gonna make it about a man and, you know, a woman. But Princess was always good with having money um, to be able to do what she wanted to do. It may not have, you know, it ain't been millions of dollars because, again, we still come from the same background. But I've always been able to lean on her when I feel on my ass trying to, you know, figure it out. Um, but she know that I'm not going to just be sitting around on my ass at the same time. So that's why it's always comfortable for her because when she give it to me, she knows it's going to come back tenfold. If I give it to her, I, I don't even want it to come back. I know it's going to blossom into something tenfold in your world. And I told her since day one, once you start your business, you ain't going back to work. I'll figure it out. And it's been literally any time that she supported me, it's been from her business. So she's been sustaining her business within her own world for the last, what, going on seven years in November. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the clap button. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, real shit, though, because I didn't realize this until a couple weeks ago. But most black businesses close within the first three and a half years. Like, only 4% of black businesses stay open past fucking three and a half years. Wow. Which, is incre- which is crazy to me. That is. Like, when you really think about it. But that's beautiful that, like, again... I love what I love y'all guys so much because I really see it with y'all. Like y'all are investing in each other. That's truly a partnership at the end of the day. Like I pour into you, you pour into me and we grow together. Yeah, that's what yeah it for is. sure. That's what it's all about. Cause a lot of times I feel like 
Chris so low key about stuff that he do. <laughs> People will be thinking like he eating off me. I'm like, where was y'all at when I ain't had nothing? And he was buying me inventory, like legit buying me sending racks. Oh, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> Whatever. It's a part of it. It's a part of it though. Like it's like people don't see that stuff because we're not posting. You know, we're not posting all the stuff behind the scenes. But that's the way it's supposed to be though. Yeah. Real shit. Like I, again, kind of going back to the conversation we was having with Tim. I think a lot of times we didn't got disillusioned with how the world's supposed to operate. Privacy is really like gold, bro. It is. Mm-hmm. And like, what y'all got going with your relationship? Yeah, don't get, we on a podcast right now. Yeah, obviously we share information that's gonna help people. Sure. I know a lot of people gonna benefit from this, but at the same time, like how Princess saying, not everything gotta be for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Like Chris making these moves in the background and it help your business get to where it is now. That's cool. Like that's not their business to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like that really don't matter. And I think too often. Especially now, we get caught up on other people's perceptions mm-hmm. of what we doing. Because, mm-hmm. like, you you could feel the type of way if somebody came to you, yeah, man, your woman's supporting you type shit. That may not be the truth, but that's their <laughs> perception, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And they be like, you, you could just shrug the shit off or you could get in your feelings about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. it is, and it can, it can be easy to do that uh, for somebody and not understand the perspective, too. But at the same time, like, I'm good with that because at the end of the day, we, get, we share this home. We share this empire. So it's not about who support who. And at the end of the day, like, she's building her business. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting money into her world if I knew that she wasn't going to rock out, right? And she been killing it, killing it. Y'all don't even want to know what she spent on ass last year, right? I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but at the end of the day, yeah, I could feel some type of way. And like, like you said, everything ain't for social media. So that's why... We, we share what we think is going to be impactful. It's not about being private. Ain't nobody thinking that somebody's better than somebody. We see what everybody's doing and everybody's motivation. Y'all are motivation to us. Mm-hmm. Like, we've told y'all that offline, and I just want to put it on record as well. It's just what we share, if it ain't impactful, we feel like, you know, it might be some entertainment here and there for sure. But it, it, if it's between us, if it's family business, it's family business. That's just what it is. So, yeah. Sir. The biggest gem that I got from that is do what works for you and your relationship. That's facts. Because it's a lot of people, like, they subscribe into, like you said, that percentage, 50-50, or he got to pay all of it. Like, do what works for you. It's a bunch of single people in the end that's talking about That's what I told you. That's what what we was talking about the other day. It's single... not all, not across the board, but it's single people that are having these conversations. And it's good conversations to have. Because you don't have these conversations going into a relationship, you have a bomb blow up in your face, mm-hmm. right? Me and Princess didn't talk about money before we got together, right? Until no. we was forced to. Yeah. That's when things was getting rocky. We had Madison. Things was on our ass. At that table with that notebook. What's your bills looking like? Yeah. <laughs> like, we went over each... Because we keep... To this day, we still keep our finances separate. Mm-hmm. She has her own bank accounts, own credit cards, own whatever, assets, all of that. I got my own thing over here. But at the end of the day, again, like she told you, and this is real, if she need it, I got it, it's hers. Nope. If if I need it, she got it, or it's mine. Or we're going to figure it out. That's just what it is. It, it ain't 50-50. It's 100 to 100. Straight up. That's it. That's what it is. I love it. I love it. So I kind of want to ask about the Airbnb you mentioned earlier as well. So, do y'all still dabble in real estate? Or are y'all out of it? And how'd you get into that lane? Take a sip. <laughs> that was that Man. was a stressful time. Yeah, right there. that Airbnb. We don't currently have that unit anymore. Like we we dipped out of there, but you can. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, so to be honest, my my cousin he was Airbnb out his space, and he was monetizing. He was doing good things, and so it just sparked the idea that you know, hey, we'll we'll try it out. So we ended up, um, again, buying courses. We big. We yeah. YouTube University, buying courses. Yeah. We took, what, two, three? Took about two or three courses. One yeah. of them happened to be a, a friend of ours we went to high school with. Um, but, I mean, we was paying a good grip on mm-hmm. other people that had built, you know, million-dollar-plus portfolios. Um, so we ended up just getting a, a spot. It was downtown, actually. And it was making money. It was it was doing good. But, again, it was it went back to understanding your, like, what I call your investor ID, Right? So she was still running her business full-time. She's still a full-time mom. So we homeschool Madison. Madison doesn't go to school. She's never been to any type of installa- uh, you know, institution, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always put the pressure on Princess to like, go above and beyond as a mother. And then I'm here like, okay, I got to 
figure out a way to make sure she don't have to go to work. So the pressure's on me to go go eat, you know, get eat what we kill type shit, right? So the Airbnb was like my sort of brainchild where I was like, hey, look, I'll figure this thing out. But she was just like, I'm rocking with you. I'm there with it. Got it, secured it. Um, it was actually 2019. It was November. Mm-hmm. We got the LLC together. Right before, yeah. Right before the pandemic. Hit, yeah. Right before the pandemic. And um, what happened was we started to scale and automate. And things just kind of went left. We had cleaners that were stealing from us. <laughs> like stealing actual items in the house. Cleaning and stuff. products. It was just, so just weird, y'all. Just, just <laughs> little headaches. And yeah. I'm, I'm still figuring out options, still doing IA work. She's still being full time mom. She's still holding down the business, right? And uh, we just decided, like, this isn't going to be the best strategy for us on what we're trying to build. And that's when we scaled that's out important. of that specific yeah. business model. That's important, too, because, yeah. like, again, we get so caught up in shit all the time, like, mm-hmm. thinking, especially, we, again, we talked about it before. You see everything on social media. Everything ain't for everybody. And, like, yeah. whenever you doing something, you trying to, like, branch out. If it's not working, it's okay to pivot out of that. Because, again, now, imagine if y'all still trying to do Airbnb. You think you would be a full-time trader now? Absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't have. You'd probably wouldn't. still have to hold down the IA just to make mm-hmm. sure that you could pay for the fuck shit going on over here. <laughs> that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. That's exactly, uh, that's exactly how I looked at it. I was like, if I woke up and had 30 Airbnb properties, would I be happy? And we we both had that conversation mm-hmm. with ourselves, and then we came together, and we was like, nah. Yeah, because even after the automation portion where we had cleaners and stuff coming in, it was like, we don't even want to deal with the cleaners. Mm-hmm. And then getting them late-night calls, people trying to get in the unit, it was just too much. Like, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. So, so what's next? So what do y'all see as the next level? As Be- before we hop into that, I got one question for Chris because Chris <laughs> had mentioned something to me. He was on the phone the other day. He okay. said he got this strategy that he told me he was going to drop on the pod. Okay, drop that shit. So, that, so for all our, our traders out here, for all our people that's out here getting money in the in the stock market, oh. I, we gonna get some real proprietary information in this. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm not gonna even. I can't take credit for this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm name drop this mentor because they he, he's been phenomenal. Uh, it's an individual by the name of Chris Munoz. Um, I still don't remember how I found him, man, but I ended up linking on IG with him. And he ended up following me back. So I got connected to his community and uh, went through a month mastermind. Princess held me down for that entire month because I was like 12 hours, 15, actually it was 15 hours every single day. Like I was on the charts, doing homework, in these mastermind classes, like getting it in. Um, but the, the, the strategy specifically to your question, um, it was one indicator that I had not used ever, but I had always heard about. It's called the VWAP, right? Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what it means, because I'm still a student, right? I told y'all that. I prefaced that, right? You said WAP. VWAP. Well, I mean, it could, it probably could make a Cardi B twerk with you know the way I use it, but no, no, but so now the VWAP is something that I use, um, and it, it changed my trading. Um, so. Essentially, you use it on a five-minute chart, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at a five-minute chart, and this is for my day traders, right? This is not swing trading where you're holding a, a, an option for, you know, more than a day, right? This ain't long-term investing. This is 100%. The stock market opens at 830 Central, and you're in front of that computer, and you're looking to make money, you know, before lunch or before, you know, 3 p.m. before it closes, right? So... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The VWAP is a line that pretty much takes into account the, the previous price action, right? And that's about all I could tell you about it without giving you, like, the dictionary, um, um, I guess, definition of it. So, anytime that those... Bars, those five-minute bars, anytime that they go above the VWAP, you pretty much know that you're in good territory for calls. Now, there's some other stuff in there. That don't mean, hey, it's above the VWAP. Go get 100, you know, calls on uh, on uh, Tesla. Tesla yeah. Right, 100 options, rather, right? Um, and then same thing. If it drops below, right, it drops below that VWAP, then you're in good, uh, good territory for puts. Now, VWAP has three lines. I'm going to get somewhat technical, but I ain't going to get too deep. VWAP has three lines. I'm only looking at that middle line. So, again, for traders out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. Take away the top line. Take away the bottom line. Take away all the distractions. Like, my charts 
now compared to when I got started, super clean. They might look confusing to print. So you, you'll be having all them other shit. You don't have the, the what's the, the Hazashi clouds. Yeah, I used to use all that. that yeah. <laughs> Akinashi and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, they used to, yeah. <laughs> the traders know. Boring they know. shit, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> they know. But yeah, and so the V-Wop changed, it changed the game. And what it, what it really did is it played to the confidence of my psychology, right? When my charts had a lot of noise going on, I didn't know what to play off of. One, because I didn't, I didn't have confidence in myself that I even knew what I was looking at. And then two, there was no real trigger for me to say, is this a call or is this a put? It was too many conflicting signals. So the VWAP cleared all of that up for me, literally. So I still do uh, my supply and demand zone, so I understand where buyers are going to step in, where sellers are going to step in. Um, I still look at previous price action to kind of see where we're ranging, you know, what, you know, are we oversold, overbought? You still got to take into account a lot of different factors, but the VWAP for me was like a sniper sitting up in the forest somewhere and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on my target. And as soon as I see that candle close above or below, and it's out of there. And it, first has to tell you, like I've been geeked (laughs) since I added that to my trading strategy and it's been a wrap ever since. Love yeah. it. Hey, I appreciate you sharing that, my brother. I'm going to have to look at it. I ain't no trader trader like that, but sure. every now and again, I throw a couple options on the board. I, <laughs> I try to stick to stocks that I know. Yeah. I feel like that's the best way for like getting into it. Yeah. Uh, the first company I ever put option on is the same one I trade option on, Snap. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to add that in there. I appreciate you sharing For sure. That. Yeah. Jalen, man, I ain't mean to cut you off. Good to ask question, man. But I was just gonna ask, like, you know, what's what's next for you guys uh, with the trading, with the e-commerce? How do you guys anticipate, you know, building it bigger, especially in today's economical environment? Right now, we're going, like David said, we're going recession. We're in a bear yeah, market, we're in a bear market. Now. Like, it's it's officially a bear market. Yeah. Uh, shit's been getting a little crazy. Uh, Bitcoin taking a beating, stocks taking a beating, even even like not even just like, but even retailers like. Mm-hmm. So it plays into you like Walmart earnings came out this week, uh, Target earnings came out this week. It's a lot of stuff that's going on. So how do you guys plan on navigating this current market? For me, like like Chris said, like my way to originally growing my business was. Facebook ads. I don't even really dabble in the ads no more just because the ad spend is, like, crazy. So it's really getting creative with my email marketing and my text marketing because the whole time, like, I've been building my email list since, like, 2016, 17, somewhere in there. So that whole time where I was, like, feeding those ads crazy, my email list was growing the whole time. So I have a pretty nice size email list and text list. So really, to be honest, getting very creative with how I reach out to my customers in a more organic way and just really tapping into them, seeing what they want, (laughs) what they need, and just, I guess, doing more personal branding on my side as far as just really letting them get to know me and not just, hey, bodies, 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 bodies. Like, just being more organic with my marketing, I would say. So you ain't going to hit them with the fashion over? I don't do We about to slap slap a $50. I know exactly what you're talking about because I subscribe to other people's, you know, emails and stuff like that. But no, that's not me. I do things very differently. Chris, no, I don't do all that. I'm not OD with my emails and stuff. Nah, yeah, she she low, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for for me, man, I'm just I'm I'm locking in. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. The bear market has been beautiful for me. Um, I know for a lot, man, it's been put city, man. Um, But beyond that, because there have been times where you can get calls too. I've just been honing in on the craft and the bear market. To be honest with you, is probably the best time that I could learn this because again, it goes back to the psychology. Most people are like hope, hope, hope. Well, yeah, fearful, right? But they're hoping that it's gonna go back up. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, it could go up, it could go down. And quite honestly, we're going to make money quicker as it's going down because think about it. If you start selling and I start selling, she starts selling, at some point he can be like, man, I got to sell. So selling is actually more like addictive than it is buying. right. So if you ever heard the term in trading, they say usually when stocks go up, they take the stairs. And when they go down, they take the elevator. There's a reason for that because that elevator is going to go straight down. And that's what the bear market is uh, attempting to, to show us. Right, It's going to go down. Uh, and then when it starts to recover, we'll know. We'll be able to see it because it'll start taking them steps right back up. It's going to be a slower creep. So, um, so yeah, the next thing for me, man, I'm just locking Jim, in. Dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm just locking in, bro. I'm going I'm to I'm be at any event that's popping up. Y'all know we pop out. But for the most part, I'm going to just be in my dungeon, man, killing it until I'm ready to start, you know, impacting people. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love to hear it, dog. Uh, I appreciate those gems, bro. I, I never even heard that terminology. Yeah, the elephant. Yeah, 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 but I'm even I'm even thinking about like an actual chart. Whenever he look, whenever you say it, like, bro, I can see a candle like yeah. with the steps. Uh-huh. But the time that shit go down, like that, that candle <laughs> stick is one. Man, it was more than thirty percent. It was it was a steep steep. It was almost like fifty. Yeah, you can see the gap. It's like you don't, you know what I'm saying. I I ain't never seen. All right, Chris, I got one more question as a trader, right? So boom, all right. Fang stocks. I know you you mentioned you're a student. I just want to get your opinion, bro. Yeah. The Fang stocks were kind of touted as like the pillar of the economy, right? Mm -hmm. We looking at it right now. Most of them are down over thirty percent. City. Yeah. What do you what do you see that like playing out as? Do you think that we kind of done with some of these fang stocks, or we passed that era, or like what what do you see with that shit right now? No. So if you think about human psychology, right? I think fang stocks are just what we want to see as the popular kids, right? So they're not gonna ever really go nowhere. They'll change out, right? It might not always be Facebook. It might not always be Amazon. It's hard to say, but if you really think back on it, like Facebook wasn't around before two thousand and seven. Right. You know, what I'm saying Netflix wasn't around before. I don't remember it before like 2010. Don't quote me on it. But what I'm getting at is I think that the market right now is just correcting from all of the money that was pumped from, you know, PPP money and creation. Yeah. So you got all of these individuals getting all this money. And of course, at some point we was going to have to see a correction. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's a mismanagement across the board. I feel like of people just spending, 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 spending. They buying cars, they get Netflix subscriptions, they like, Shit, good. And then you look back and you're like, well, hey, well, now I got to go back to this job. And this job ain't paying me with what I was getting for, you know, what they was getting out on them, them credits. And I don't remember all the stuff. Well, they employment was, was paying people more than their job was. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think right now we're just going to see how long this, this fight goes for. Um, but 100%, I don't think that there's going to be, you know, a disappearance of a thing like stock or a thing like culture if it's those stocks cool if not then it's still going to be something that replaces them i feel like so sure. yeah appreciate that yeah yes sir well chris princess again want to thank y'all so much for coming on the show man this has been great before we wrap i gotta ask y'all my favorite question what's a personal finance tip or principle that y'all live by that y'all would like to share with our audience mm, percentages look at your money as percentages um I think we get caught up in how much money we make or we spend or how much this costs. Look at the percentages, right? So if you know you make 100 bands a year, look at look at the percentage of, of money that you spend and look at the percentage of money that is going to, you know, things that are frivolous, so on and so forth. And once we start looking at money from a percentage standpoint, that's when we really got the key, right? So like I told you, 400%. 400 could, 400% could be $40. It could be $400. It could be 400 bands. You don't know what that is, but at the end of the day, it's still 400%. That's still a lot. You Whatever can't, I put in is 400% of that. That's what I'm saying. And how much do we know the bank's paying us? How much we know some of these? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's the financial tip I can give you, that percentages. Looking at money from a percentage standpoint changed my life, and I'm still getting princess on that tip because, you know, it's... Well, yeah. I'm going to say this. <laughs> get a hold of your finances period like a it's a lot of business owners out here touching real money and they don't even have any software to keep track of their income and expenses and all of that so give it a cpa and all of that because like the first time i touched six figures i couldn't tell y'all where it went that's real <laughs> and so one book that i would recommend is profit first and specifically if let's go the one that's specifically for e-commerce Okay, I didn't even know they had that one. And see, I was going to get that first one, but I was like, let me get one specific to e-commerce because, you know, we deal with different accounts and stuff like that. But, yeah, that one, if you're in e-commerce, I recommend that specific one, but I'm sure the first one is just as good. But, yeah, that's a book that I recommend because that has helped me tremendously with being disciplined with my money and just really keeping track of everything and then get QuickBooks or just something to keep track of everything because you'll be thinking one thing is taking your money and then it's like, look at this inventory category. But yeah, just keeping track of your money, give it a CPA, the books and all of that. That's that's my recommendation. Okay. Well, 
Chris, Princess Denugents, I want to say thank you to thank both y'all. of you for coming on to the podcast. Blessed us. It's been too long in the making. For sure. yeah, I'm for glad sure. that we could finally get y'all on. For sure. Like I said, y'all two of my favorite people out here in Dallas, man, since I've been able to meet y'all. Nah, man. Like, 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 real, you man. Me. Chris, man, Chris just called me on some random shit, put me on somebody else that's going to be on the pod, bro. It's going to be a they fire ass. Yo, Chris ain't never uh, steered us wrong, I'm dog. Telling you, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. But now we appreciate it as well, bro. We really do. So where can people find y'all on social media? Where can they support the shop, pre- bro, Princess? I'm gonna call you Precious. Oh God, respect <laughs> 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 me, uh, <laughs> Princess and Chris. Like anything that you teach, anything that you help people, how can they tap in with y'all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on my personal Instagram page at Princess Nugent, and I'm gonna spell Nugent because people don't be knowing how to spell it. Nugent is N E U G E N T. Or if you want to follow my business page, it's at Shop Nugent. That's N E U G E N T. And then if you want to shop, my apparel is shopnugent.com. Yeah, and I'm the Chris Nugent on pretty much everything. Uh, I'm mostly on IG fan base because you know, shouts out to fan base. You know, we gotta support black. You know, what I'm talking about. Um, so the T H E Chris Nugent. That's where you can find me. That's a bet. Y'all make sure y'all tap into these beautiful people. Like they doing some great things. So y'all definitely go support. Uh, we'll get into some house cleaning before we wrap up this episode. Once again, thank y'all for sitting through this. If you made it to the end, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If this is your first episode, like, subscribe, comment, rate. Let us know what you thought about it. Go back and listen to some of uh, the older of the catalog. Just go really dive yeah. into it. If you got value out of this, man, I need y'all to do me one favor and one favor only. Y'all gotta leave us that five star rating and review, bro. Yes, sir. Like, real talk, like, this shit easy. It don't take y'all long. Just show us that love, bro. Five, because again, this five helps, seconds. It, this helps other people like yourself find the show and it gets out this information. Because again, the reason we started this is because this is not a prevalent conversation in our community. We in this bit thinking that it's still cool to fuck off and do all this other shit. Man, we need to get this message out here. So, five star rating and review. That's all I got to say to y'all. Man, I ain't got nothing else to say, dog. Hey, y'all buy our book, by the way. Manage your money like the 1%. Link in the show notes, you feel me? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. Deuces. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.